there's a whole lot of hugging going on in here. There's a lot of love in this place. I love this church. See, there was a reason you put the cologne on today. You're getting up close and personal. Yeah, I'll hug my neighbor. Thank you for wearing that deodorant. Thank you for wearing that cologne. I love you. How many of you love God? Let's show it. Let's show it. All glory to God. All glory to God. Has he done great things? Amen. Mighty God. Mighty God. All right. Well, if it's your first time here to come to church, welcome. We're so glad you're here. We get, we get fired up. We're pumped up. We're excited. I don't come to church like, oh, my God. I, oh, Lord, help me. I've got to go to church again. I'm going to go to church just to get my wife off my back. I'm just going to go to church so the kids will just stay off my back. I, that's enough on the men now. But some women, hey. I want to go to church just so my husband will get off my back and quit pestering me. I've got to go be a Christian. I've got to go put my front on in front of everybody. I've got to go put that facade out there for the rest of the community. You know, I'm a, I'm a leader in the community. I've got influence. People, when they see me, they, oh, he's a Christian man. He's a Christian woman. I'm so glad we're surrounded by people today. That's not why you're here. You're here because you want to be here. You feel the presence of God and you want more of God in your life. He's real, he's real, he's real. It's a real experience, and God is doing real and mighty and powerful things. We have said it. We've got a shirt in that, in that cafe, I think, that says miracles, signs, and wonders. We have seen miracles, signs, and wonders. We have seen the great things. We have seen, and we will continue to see. Let's give God praise for what he's going to do. He's going to do more and more and more. Because more and more are coming. We prayed a while back, God, give us the hard cases. We want the hard cases. We want the addiction. We want the, the, the brokenhearted. We want the ones who are dealing with the issues of life. Send them to us, God. We will do the work, and we are ready to work. And God said, prayer answered. <laughs> You're a hard case. I'm a hard case. Together we're going to make it. Amen. All right, I want to uh, announce uh, just some upcoming things that are happening. If you pulled up to the church and if you pay attention, you'll notice that our sign out front was taken down. Much help was uh, and work went, went on for that yesterday, and we're so thankful that uh, the guys who showed up were able to get that down, and that was a chore. Uh, thank you to the men who showed up to do that. Uh, at the same time, there were, uh, they finished grinding all of the stumps on the two-acre lot over there, and that was a blessing over there. I want to thank Dennis McIntyre. If you know him, uh, this is a, a, a man who the first day he worked, he pulled a 12-hour day. And I believe yesterday he pulled a 12-hour day. And this man cut us a very good deal on a price and ground down all those stumps because that's growth area over there. That's areas where we're going. Right now we're parking over there on some grass and dirt, but we're looking at putting some crushed concrete and different things. God has continually met the need, and this is in the sermon today. And also you said it's, that there's a theme here. My wife was saying there seems to be a theme here. What you see don't get hung up in what you see because God's got something else for you, what you don't see. And that's the blessing. That's the thing that's down the road. That's the thing that's kind of like in the pipe. 
But God has continually met the need before we even knew the need. He had a solution to your problem before you even had a problem, before your problem could be a problem. He had a solution. So thank God that He supplied that acreage over there for parking because then all of a sudden we're building over here and we lose parking. And so there's parking. So I want to thank, if you see Dennis McIntyre, find him, say, hey, thank you, brother, for blessing the church. And uh, he, he was able to do that. I want to tell you another miracle that happened just, and it started uh, just the other day. And all day yesterday there was some work going on. This is an amazing miracle. And this kind of goes along with today's sermon, how you think you might know God's timing. You think you're going to work it out and do the will. We're going to have the will of God. We're going to have the, we're going to have the will of God. No, God's will doesn't always line up in timing with our timing. So let me backtrack. A, lot. a few months ago, maybe a year ago, we, Rust, Texas, received a brand new gas station. It's down there at, at our light. Our, yes, we have one light. For those of you who are watching online, you think this is a big, just a big church here you're seeing online. Must be a big city. We have one light. But people are driving from all over because they feel in God's presence and things are changing. So... Backtrack, there was a, a brand new gas station built down there at the light. It's a Sefco, all right? When that was about to happen, I found out that there was going to be some, a lot of dirt that was going to be cut down and taken away from that location. I immediately said, oh, it's your will, God. It's your will. That is our dirt. I claim that dirt in the name of Jesus for this church. We need more dirt. And you're thinking, why do we need more dirt? Well, we don't sit around with our four and no more attitude and mentality. We plan on expansion. We plan for bigger things. I don't want to see your face and your mug for the rest of my life in here, okay? I want to see yours plus about a thousand more, all right? Because if we're not growing, what are we doing? God called us to be disciples. So many times when a brand new man or woman comes into this place and they feel like, man, I just received something from God. It's, he's changed my life. I said, congratulations. Now you are a disciple. You are a disciple. Get out there. Get your tail in gear and start working, handing out cards, telling your testimony. I don't know the Bible. I don't know. Just tell them what God did for you. They need it. They need it. And so I, I said, Lord, I claim that dirt. I want that dirt. We need it over here on the 16 acres that again God blessed and was able to make a way. He makes a way when there seems there is no way. And we begin to clear that off and we look at the lay of the land and we think, man, we're going to need some dirt there one day. And so I went to this construction supervisor and I said, hey, you need to bring that dirt to Covenant Church. Because he's like, we just need a place to dump it. We just need a place to get rid of all this dirt. Turns out it didn't work out. It didn't work out. Turns out that the area they were going to be pulling and moving around with all that dirt, we needed to do some work there that we didn't know about. And that just kind of actually probably would have hampered the situation and made things a little bit more difficult. But then that was done. And then everything kind of lined up to where just the other day, a member of our church is digging a massive pond slash lake. And he says, I need to get rid of a lot of dirt. A lot of dirt. And we've got two dump trucks that have been working around the clock. And they, if you go out there after church, you can look down the hill there and you'll see load after load. They're going to work, I think, one to five today. They worked all day yesterday. They're going to haul all day tomorrow, maybe all day the next day. And they are delivering dirt. Have you ever seen someone so excited about dirt? 
What can I do with dirt? Man, I tell you what, we can have a foundation. We can build on and we can, listen, we can grow on. We can grow on. Can somebody get excited about some dirt? All right. What excites me more than anything is how it came to be. It's an amazing thing. God's, God's will, his hand upon your life. If you will follow him with everything, if you will give him everything, I promise you, it is amazing the doors that will open. It is also amazing the doors that will shut. And sometimes he wants to shut the door. Sometimes he wants to slam the door. And be careful that you don't want to go over there and try to eat and turn and muscle that door back open. Just accept it. Just say, God, I feel that. I receive that. And now I'm going to go to another spot to try to open up another door. Maybe you want to just put your foot in front of that door too. But we need to pray that God does not always just open doors, open doors. I pray, Lord, open doors, but also shut doors that need to be shut. Protect me from things that I need to be protected from. Keep me from danger and harm that I don't even know about. He's keeping us. He's keeping us. If you weren't here Wednesday, at the end of last Wednesday service, we said, come to church expecting something good to happen. Come expecting a mighty move of God. Come expecting revival fires to be burning. Why? Because we were going to commit this past Wednesday, if you were here, we committed to praying the rest of the week. We are going to pray every day. And I encouraged and admonished all of the men to go home, tell your family, pick a time to fast. Now, right now, it just happened. There's some families, there's some men, they're like, oh, I remember him saying that. I kind of forgot to do that. That's okay. Join with us when you can. I will be honest and raise my hand in front of everybody. I went home and did not do exactly what I told everybody to do. And the next day, my wife's like, uh, <clears throat> remember you, are we, when are we fasting? I'm like, oh, my God, I forgot. I forgot. I love being honest in front of you guys because you need to know that we are real people. Now, listen, we got it done. All, all day Friday, 24-hour fast. I love to fast. I love to seek after God. I love to pray. I love to seek His face. Why? Because I know exactly what it brings. It will bring you closer to God. If you don't understand fasting, if you've never prayed, if you've never read your word, if you're not getting involved, if you're not seeking more of God in a relationship with Him, I admonish you today, seek after Him. Follow after Him. Keep it simple. It's the KISS method. I'm not going to say that. If you don't know it, ask somebody. Keep it simple, silly, saved, sanctified, however you want. Something else besides the last word. We're not calling each other names today. I love you all so much. Look at your neighbor tell I love you. I love you beyond everything. I love you. All right. Bow your heads with me. Let's pray. Lord, in the name of Jesus, move as you already have in this place. Stir our hearts. Guide us. Correct us. Lord, lift us up, fire us up today. Lord, we want to do your work. We want to do your will. We're thankful for every blessing. We're thankful for our good health. Thank you for our families. Lord, we ask God that you protect us and keep us. Lord, watch over the nation of Israel. Lord, be with them as they are fighting in the streets right now. Protect them. Let your angels be there. Let your spirit be there. Move in that place. Protect them, Lord. We know, God, that you are watching over us. We know that you hold the keys to everything. You are over in everything. You are Lord of all. You are God of all. We give you all glory today. Everybody say all glory to God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew 24, verse 36. And we are going to read a few verses here. Matthew 24, I'm going to read verse 36 through 44. And I know that you may look at that 
And you say, well, that's, that seems like a lot of verses, but it's not going to take me long. The day and hour unknown is the, is the subtitle in my Bible. No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, sounds like today, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. This is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Life as usual, life as normal. That's how it will be. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Shout out to Wes Coleman there. Nobody understands that, but he and I know what we're talking about there. Two women will be grinding with the with a hand mill. One will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come but understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. All I can say to that today is, Lord, keep me ready. I am expecting your coming. Maranatha, even so, Lord, come quickly. All right, I want to go back now in Scripture, Matthew 24, and I want to read verse 12. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. And as my wife preached so eloquently this past Wednesday night, she said, will wax cold. And if you weren't here this past Wednesday, let me just give you a brief synopsis of what happened. It was a mighty, mighty powerful sermon. It stirred up this church, it stirred up this community, and those of the, there were those that watched online, and they said, whoa, 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 time out. That's me. Well, join the crowd, because that's all of us. We have all allowed ourselves at some point or another, you may not be there now, but at some point or another, you let yourself wax cold. And I will just tell you briefly how it went. She had an uh, illustration up here, and she had those nice little porcelain things that put, put out the light. It's not a fire, but it's a light. It resembled the fire. And then you put that wax and that smell good. You know when you go down the aisle at Walmart and they've got about 500 choices. My, that blows my wife's mind. She says, please, just give me three choices. Give me two choices. But when you have to go in there and it's like, and it's just, I'm like, I don't know. I want lavender uh, ocean uh, Blue blueberry with mixed with apples. I mean, I, at that point, I'm just lost. I'm like, just go in there and grab one. Let's go. We got to get to the house. So she had that stuff, and she's and she's talking about how our our it, our love and our commitment can wax cold. You've got to stay by the fire. You've got to stay by the heat. If you don't stay there, then you will not transform into the person and the spirit spiritual person that you need to be where God can actually pour you and mold you and make you. So many of us want to, we don't want to wax cold. So what do we do? We come to a church service. We come to a spot. Y'all can start that clock for me if you want. All this free time I'm getting, zero, 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 zero. By now I'm usually like, man, alive. Did they start that thing during the praise and worship or what? I jump up here and they're half an hour in. So... 
See, some of us, here's the way we live our Christian walk. We take that wax, we take us, we take our spirit man, our spirit woman, and we just want to just touch it in there for a brief service, just a brief Bible study, just a real quick prayer. Maybe I do, maybe I don't. And I get in there and I get it loosened up just enough to where I'm not really pliable and moldable. I'm not turning into that liquid state where God can really work with me. And I just kind of get softened up just a little bit. And then I get away from that heat source. And, I, and she, put it, she would take it out and she'd put it back in the cup, bring it out here, wax cold, back in a cold state. Maybe in a cold state, maybe in a hot state, but we're warm. And you know what the Bible says about warm. He hates it. I'm going to touch on that later. And God is saying today, do not let yourself wax cold. He is coming back. Don't be so guilty that you see the news, you see the signs, you hear about the earthquake, you see the rumors of wars and wars, you see militants going into the streets of Israel and you see war in Israel and you see this and you see Ukraine and we get stirred up. I go back to that sermon, it's so important for us to not be shaken and we had a jar up here just lightly, a little bit of dirt in the bottom with full of water. And we're, the something happens, and it, there's something that happens that shakes you. You go to your father's funeral. You go to your mother's funeral. You go to something that shakes you, and you're like, oh, man, it just, man, that that happened today really hit me hard. There's an accident. There's something that happens. It shakes you, and you say, whoo, man, I need, I need to... I need to do better. I need to get right. I need to get my heart right with God. And you do. But the problem is you don't stay stirred. And that sermon title was shaken but not stirred. And of course, I, had to, I couldn't help but make a, a, a James Bond joke and have a little James Bond music in there with that sermon. I, hey, you know what? I'll do what works. Some of y'all are like, oh, I remember it. I remember it. Shaken, not stirred. Do not be guilty of being shaken. Oh, I've got to get right. Israel, wars, rumors of wars. I see these signs, signs and the end times and oh, I'm worried. And I, Don't live for God out of fear. Don't be guilty of living for God out of fear. When you live for God, knowing what He is going to take you to, knowing what He is going to bless you with, knowing the heaven that is to come and the great reward, you will change and you will not be doing like I did when I grew up. I grew up in a fire and brimstone type preaching. I hit that altar. I was crying. I was thinking at six years old, I'm lost and going to hell. I mean, it was fire and brimstone, fire and brimstone, fire and brimstone. I, was, I better live for God or He's going to kill me. I've got to live for God. He's going to strike me dead. Wrong, wrong, wrong. I live for God because He loves me. He's going to restore me. He's going to save me. He's going to lift me up. He's going to cause me to be the father that I need to be. He's going to teach me and, and, and cause me to be the husband that I should be. I don't, love, I don't love and have not fallen in my wife because when we get alone, she's got a gun that she keeps and she's had this little 38 revolver ever since we were, ever since we were dating. And she says, you better. <laughs> oh, what was that? Oh, you don't? Oh, you will? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. That's not the relationship we have. That's not the relationship you need with your heavenly father. He's saying, love me. Love me because you choose to love me. I will love you in return more than you could ever think. Amen, amen. So 
And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Today's title of this message is Reignite Your Fire. Reignite Your Fire. I love this picture that they're putting up right now. This is exactly what I'm seeing when I want to reignite the fire of revival. So it's no mistake that we have had sermons that have lined up like this. Clean house. Clean house. We need a move. And then this past Wednesday, my wife preaching to us saying, don't let your love wax cold. Well, now we're fixing to get up in the mix and we are going to do what we need to do. Problem presented. Thank you. Now we need solutions. I always say this. There's no problems. No problems. Just say no problem. There's not a problem. No problem whatsoever. No worries. No problem. Just an opportunity for solutions. So no problems, just an opportunity for solutions. So if you do have a problem, if you're living in a problem, if you live with a problem, women, don't look at your men. If you live with a problem, men, don't be looking at your wife. Some, somebody just got an elbow on the side. <laughs> I told you this morning, and that's confirmation from the Holy Ghost. You're the problem, you've been the problem, and he just said it, so now... You know what I said earlier, God's got a solution for your problem even before your problem was a problem. Clean house. We need to move. Wax cold. Reignite your fire. We're going to have solutions. Yes, we have, there has been some. There has got to be some. In a congregation this large, there's some that have waxed cold. There are some that are lukewarm. We have a solution. It is called the fire of revival. Yes, the fire of revival does take a little bit of work. You don't have the fire of revival by just sitting back and saying, Woo, somebody stoke it up. Bring it. Bring me that fire. Stay up all night long and stoke that fire for me while I just kick back with my cup of coffee. and You just keep me hot. Just keep me hot. I'm going to kick you out of my house and say, You go get the firewood, man. It's ridiculous. No, you go out in the cold and get the wood. I'm tired of taking care of you. Hey, we're a church full of comeback stories. We're continually better at this place. Through God. Through our brothers. Firing us up. I need somebody to look at me sometimes and say, no, you go do the work. And we're not going to argue about it very long. Somebody's going to say, okay, I got it. I'll go do the work. We need the fire of the Holy Spirit alive in us. Church, I believe God is saying to us, be ready. Signs are everywhere. Just like I mentioned earlier, Israel attacked in an unprecedented way. Do you know, I don't know if you know, if you've looked at the news, but they literally came by land and by sea and by air. They did like a three-pronged attack. There was over 2,000 missiles launched at the same time. Their iron dome of defense that shoots up missiles and, and, and shoots them down, it could not keep up. Can we see the message in that? You've got to be ready. You've got to be there. He says if the... If the the man of the house would have known when the thief was coming. He would have not allowed his house to be attacked. Israel is more than capable of thwarting all of those attacks if they are on the gate, if they are on the fence, if they are watching, if they are ready. Church, we have got to be ready. So unprecedented. I mean, you've got men that they said they were coming over in like... Uh, it's, I can't even think of the name, but it's like where you have the uh, the propeller and the, the the parachute or something or some parasailing. They were par, par, I don't know how in the world they were doing it. They they flew in. Maybe they went on those flying suits. 
So paragliders, that's the term I was looking for. They came over in paragliders. They came over on boats. They came through, and I, I saw a scene where they had a big tractor, and they were just bulldozing the fences down and just going through, and they are in the streets with machine guns shooting, stealing residents of the country, kidnapping them. Did everyone see this? I saw a woman who was hands behind her back and, I, and so her face was blurred out but there's blood coming down her arm. I saw blood down the side of the neck and, and you've got a militant, a terrorist who's taking her and putting her out of one Jeep and cramming her into another one. And no doubt saying all of the terrorist lingo. I'm not even going to re repeat what they say but they, they like to call the name of their little G insignificant God. They like to just say it. Say it. Say it. Listen, when you're facing the trials and temptations, when you're facing the winds of, of, of change and you're facing the, the enemy, the devil himself, say the name of Jesus. It's more powerful than any little G God. It is more powerful than anything that could come against you. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. We need the fire of the Holy Spirit. We need it to be alive in us. We, we need to reignite the fire, the revival fire in us. But some will say, my fire is on the way out, but my fire is already out. I've got a, just, a, just a very small flickering of a flame. You may have a small flickering of a flame. But there is something. There is a God. I serve a God. You serve a God. And He is able to take that small, small spark, that small, small flicker, and ignite it, to reignite it into an inferno of revival fire. Amen? It is in the nature of fire to go out on its own. It is the nature of fire for every fire physical fire that we see on earth for it to go out eventually on its own. I will say here, the point I want to make here, the key words of this is on its own. When it's by itself, when it's just one small fire, or maybe it's a large fire, but it's a fire that's all localized into one area or one thing. Yes, I have a career where I'm in the fire service and there's been times when I've had to take promotional exams and they make us read books. And I read a book a long time ago, a long time ago by an author and his, the title of the book was Collapse of Burning Buildings. And I read that book and I read that book and I read that book. I will tell you one thing, that fired me up into reading my Bible because I felt guilty. I read my promotional material five times through, cover to cover. And I'm talking about five to six books. Read them. Read them, read them over and over and over. Thousands and thousands of pages I read for money. I don't really care about the rank. I don't care that someone says lieutenant this or captain this or chief that. I don't care. I wanted that money. I'll be real. I'll be honest. But then you feel, I felt guilty. I said, man, all of the hours. I spent hours reading and studying material for more money. And I said, Lord, forgive me. And I began to read my Bible cover to cover every year. And I thought, I, 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 this is, that money, it doesn't mean anything. It's your money, God. It's your blessings. I will tell you right now, when God convicts me, I will tell you. 
The winds of life blow on us. They cause our flame to flicker. Yes, it is the reality that natural fire will eventually burn out. But, everybody, but God is saying to someone today, there is no reality that I don't have a remedy for. Whatever you think your reality is, God has got a remedy for it. He's got a solution for your problem. It's called the fire of the Holy Ghost. It is called the fire of revival. And you need to have this burning in you. It burns and consumes everything that you have in your life. And you say, Lord, burn it out. Burn it out. Burn it up. God, I don't want it anymore. I don't want it. I don't desire it. And he's ready to move on someone today. Those that have waxed cold. Those that think I'm okay because I'm at least warm. This is such a dangerous place. I want to read this scripture to you. Uh, Revelations 3. Let me turn there in my Bible because I, I, I hate reading off the screen. Y'all are laughing at me because you're already there. Revelations 3 verses 15 through 17. It says this, I know your deeds that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish... You were either one or the other. I have read this scripture over the years of my life, and I have read this, and this has kind of perplexed me, and I've often wondered, why would God want me to be one or the other? Like I would think, like, Lord, it, you would want me to at least be warm. And he says, no, I really wish, I, honestly, I wish you would be hot, are cold. And he says it with an exclamation point. Why is that? And then another thing I think about is, where did he put this? This is in Revelation. At the end, when so many are waxing cold, he's saying, stop waxing cold. I need you to be one or the other. It's at the end. It's at the end of days. It's at the end times. And he's saying, I need you to be one or the other. And in my mind, in my human thinking, I'm thinking, well, Lord... And it's crazy that we'll say this. Anybody just talk to God sometimes? You talk to Him in your car? Maybe you do like I do. You say, well, Lord, I mean, you should, you should. Okay, I've already messed up. Lord, you should be happy that I'm at least warm. I mean, Lord, I am going. I do attend church. I don't get involved. I don't worship. I don't raise my hands. I don't volunteer. I don't give them my time, talent, and treasure. Matter of fact, I haven't given in the offering in a long, long time. I don't really believe in that. I think that he's a hoax. They're a hoax. And that money, somehow or another. No, let me get off of that for a second. Don't touch on that again for about six Sundays because you know how that can go. But there's so many things that we don't give of. And he's saying, I want you to be hot are cold. And I've often thought, why, Lord, why hot or why cold? It's because he, he, we don't realize even for ourselves how dangerous the warm spot is. And this is how warmth works. We like to be warm. We, man, today, the temperature. I walk, that's, I'm telling you, I got out of my car and as I'm walking up to the church, Kenneth was outside and some others and they heard me from way over there on that, on that spot. The two-acre spot, that's where I like to park now. I always like to just think ahead of like, what's here? What's going to be here? Let me go, let me just park over there. Let me walk on it. Let me just touch it. And I got out of that truck and I said, Woo! I walked through the church. Everybody in there, they know. They're early. Woo! 
The weather, it made me feel good. I was excited because I was going to literally feel good all day long. Today is going to be the perfect temperature to go home, eat a meal, go sit on your back porch, your front porch, go sit outside, just relax. And why do we feel so good and comfortable? Because it's the perfect temperature. It's the perfect temperature. Be so, so careful that you don't lust after and go after the perfect feeling. The perfect feeling, the perfect temperature in your spiritual walk where you're like, I don't want to be on fire for God. I'm a little worried about that. I don't know that I have it in me to be on fire for God. But yet, I don't want to be cold because I do want to be saved. I do want to live for God. I just don't want to live for God wholeheartedly, 100%. Don't don't ask me to come to a prayer meeting. Don't ask me to do something extra. Don't ask me to give them my time, talent, and treasure. Don't ask me to do a lot, preacher, because I just want to be in the middle here comfortable. I, I don't want to be too hot or too cold. And God says to us today, I wish you would be hot or cold. Pick one or the other. Why? And so this is what has perplexed me over the years. Why would he say, I wish you were just flat out cold? Why? Because that's me. That's my testimony. I got cold. I waxed cold. And when you are cold, how many of you can raise your hand in here today and you, you can say, there has been a time in my life when I was so, and I'm talking about physically, there's been a time when you were so cold, you literally were hurting. I will put myself through this misery every single deer hunting, not hunting. If you say hunting, you are not a hunter. Every single deer hunting season, I will subject myself to cold. And I will stay in that stand. And I will stay in that stand. I can't feel my fingertips. My toes get to the point where when I get out of the stand, I literally have like shards of pain coming up like, oh, oh, good night. I can't even. And I'll get in the truck and I'll turn the heater on and I'll literally just be going, oh, God. Oh, Jesus, Lord, send warmth to this truck. I'm just, oh. And I'll finally come back to life. But I get miserable cold. I've been on the ski slopes before. I remember when my dad, uh, he said, Let's, we're going to start a family trip. We're going to go snow skiing. Woo, going to be fun. And it was fun. I didn't have a clue. My brain would not say, brain, self, tell self to go to the warming hut and warm your body up. Because self was saying, the other self was saying to the other self, saying, woo, let's go hit another run. Start at 8 a.m. when the lift's open. 12 o'clock, freezing cold. You going to take a break? Nope. 1 o'clock, y'all going to stop for lunch? Nope, brought some crackers. 2 o'clock in the afternoon, the sun's going down. It's setting across that mountain slope, and we're on this lift, and we're just going, oh, oh, I can't feel my fingers. I can't feel my toes. What do we do when we get to the top of the lift? Woo! Just skiing, just having fun. Toes are blue, fingers are black, gonna lose, a, gonna, gonna lose an appendage or something. We don't care, we're skiing. We only get to do this four days out of the year. We're gonna get all we can get. Probably a message in that, push through the pain. But here's the thing. When, when you are cold, that's, this is why God says, this is me saying why. I'll be careful. 
I believe this is why God says, I wish you were cold. Because when you're cold, you're miserable. When you're warm, everything's, oh, I'm, I'm good. Oh, man, today is perfect. Woo. Going to drink that coffee outside. Going to relax, kick back. Wear my shorts, might wear my pants. I don't care. The, the temperature's perfect. I do whatever I want. It's perfect. I'm so content right now. I'm content in my spiritual walk. I'm so content. I give a little to God. I give a little to the world. It's just the right amount. And I'm good. And you know why I'm good? Because I feel good. That's how I know I'm good. We go by how we feel. God's not going by how we feel. He's, look, he's looking. He's Forget how you feel. Here's how you are. He said, you disgust me. He said, I'll spew you out of my mouth because you are not on fire for me. So I'm going to just say, I wish you would be cold. I wish you would be miserable. I wish you would just get sick and tired of living the life of sin and living the life of the world and going after the things of the world. And we do. And we do get sick of it. And then... Don't transition to on fire for God and stop in the middle in the warm state. Don't stop when you're warm. Don't stop when the fire is about to ignite. Right at that point, you've got the wood and you've got the other piece of wood and you're like Tom Hanks when he's out there on that island and he's all by himself and he's working so hard and he's working so hard and there's blisters on his hands and he's working so hard and he's got to have that fire I can't cook this food if I don't have this fire and he's just working, working and he's right there and he gets that coal and he gets that ember and that's right at the point where you just go I quit, man, I'm tired man, whoo, I am so tired my hands, my arm cramping oh man, my arm cramping throw it down no that's when you buckle down even harder and you're like When you get in the warm state spiritually, some of you are right here, right now. You're warm. You're lukewarm for God. Press harder. Press through. Press harder. Press through. Go after more. Go after the revival fire. Go after the fire of God. It's time to reignite the fire. The remedy for a flickering flame is revival fire. You don't have flickering flames when you've got fire that is roaring. That flickering flame will feed off that other flame that will feed off that other flame. For fire to sustain and grow, it needs some things. It needs heat, oxygen, fuel. But, you know, recently here in the last few years in the firefighting community, they had something else. They called the chain reaction. An added fourth thing, a chemical chain reaction. Kind of reminds me of something else, a fourth man in the fire. You need that fourth thing in the fire. You need that fourth man in the fire. You need God. Don't be the one today who says, great sermon, really love it, like the antics, like the occasional joke, love your tenacity, love your enthusiasm. Not really for me, though. See you. Coming back next Sunday, we love seeing you today. I don't know, maybe, if it works out with my schedule. You know me, I'm busy. Listen, so, listen, dude, do you really think that, I mean, yes, we do say we miss you. We encourage you to be at church. Do you really think that's for us? Man, it's not for us. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, listen, I see where you're at spiritually. Do I want to say certain things to you? Like, man, you don't even know it. You're lost. You don't even know it. This, maybe you're not lost, but maybe you're just in a state spiritually where you're, you could be more. 
I'm not going to throw lost on you, but I'll say this. There's probably more of God there for you than you even realize. And I want to say that, but what do we say? Hey, we miss you. We love you. We, you know, just carefully. Don't want to say too much. I don't want to offend you. If you ever want to know the truth with me, feel free to walk up and say, Hey, Pastor, how do you think I'm doing? I will tell you. If you ask me, I will tell you. I will say, listen, I do see that there is some room for improvement. I do see. I'm not going to come after you and chase you and make you live for God. That happened to me. I was made. You will live for God. You will say no to that. You will not participate in that. Why? Because our rule book of our church says so. Now, I follow this. And believe me, sometimes I think that rule book, sometimes I think that's more than what some others were. But that fourth thing, the chain reaction, revival will grow and get hotter when we come together. Everybody say, come together. Come together, come together. Yeah, I don't know, there's got to be a song about that somewhere. Coming together in prayer and fasting. All right, so I want to just give you just a brief little thing here. I want to just show you something that um, I thought of this, and now I'm tr this, this towel now is not part of it. This towel right here is totally for our cleaning crew, and we do honor them today. Honor somebody today that gave you a great clean sanctuary. The foyer was clean. Matt Branton. Uh, who else am I missing? Downstairs. Andrea, all of her crew. Give them a great round of applause. All right, so the example that I want to make here today is really with fire. I mean, this is my example today is with fire. And uh, anybody getting nervous? Don't worry. You know, this is so funny to me. When there's a threat of fire, when there's something that has to do with fire, people love to do this. They do it, don't they? My fellow firefighters over here, Bryce, Davey, uh, Jaren's in the fire academy. Any other firefighters in here I'm missing? Raise your hand. All right, so they say, oh, don't worry, we have a fireman here. We have a firefighter here. I'm like, yeah, but you don't have water. Hey, everybody, don't worry about these fireworks we're about to set off inside this sanctuary. Don't worry, we have a fireman here. Hello, I don't have a fire extinguisher. We actually do have one back there, so everybody just relax. <laughs> All right. So, a hey, great message. And, hey, Pastor, I'm not going to do like you said today. I'm not going to be that one that walks out of here and says, great message, love the antics, love the occasional joke, blah, 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 love all that. Not really for me, though. I'll see it. I'll see you when I see you. If I see you. No, no, no. I'm gonna, I, want, I want that. I want the revival fire burning inside of me. So what I'm going to do is this is me, and I want that revival fire. Man, I really want it to burn hot. I really want the Spirit of God to move in my life. I want Him to cause me to want to tell somebody about Covenant Church. I want Him to cause I want to have it so burning up in me that I want to go hand a card to someone. I want to say, hey, man. God changed my life. See, you can't give that testimony, and some of us are shying away from giving a testimony because what? We don't have a testimony. Oh, man. So, Jesus, help us there because it's hard for you to say, hey, God changed my life. He changed my life. 
when He has not changed your life. When you are living the same style and the lifestyle that you've always lived, and He really hasn't. So it hampers you in your testimony because you're lying when you hand this card out and say, He changed my life. And you're not a liar and you're not a hypocrite. So therefore, the devil has won the battle and he has shut your mouth because he makes it to where you're not going to pick that card up until he has changed your life. Today is the day. It is time. We've talked about cleaning house. We've talked about we need a move. We've talked about waxing cold. It's time to move on to the revival fires. No problems, just opportunities for solutions. If you are living in a lifestyle, if you're living a lifestyle of sin, if you are living in the same old, same old, today's message is for you. Today's message is for me. So I want to be a part of the revival fire. So here, what am I going to do? I am going to, boy, I'm going to, I'm going to ignite the revival fire. Now, how many is willing to wait with me until the fires of revival are ignited? Not one hand. If you're watching online, I will tell you, there's not a single person of faith. Okay, I'm lying. I'm joking. I jokingly say that. We've got a house full of faith. But I'll, do it to, I'll tell you this. Nobody raised their hand. Everybody's leaving. Everybody's leaving. I want to have this revival fire, and I'm going to hold this. I'm going to have that. Lord, bless me with that fire of revival. And when it ignites, and when I'm, when I'm on fire, and this is a torch, Lord, I'm, I'm gonna, when I get that point, Lord, I'm going to find somebody on the street. He changed my life. Here's the point that needs to be made. I can't start this revival fire like this. Here's the way. This is how the fire of revival begins to start. I've got to go after, and I'm going to say this, the small things. These, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. This is the thing that will start revival fire. And I'm going to tell you, this is key, key, key here to this sermon today. It is, and I know I've, we've been saying it recently a lot. Why is God leading us to say this? Maybe you, maybe I need to hear this. It is the breaking it is the breaking. And all, so this stuff right here, this is, we look at this like, oh, this is the things that God doesn't care about. This is the little things. This, he wants all of you. He wants all of the small things. He wants to get in every room of your heart. He wants to be in your morning, in your afternoon, in your evening. He wants to be in every part of your life. He wants every aspect of your life. And then when you give it to him, it's the breaking of that. It's the breaking of that. But Lord, I don't want to bother you with that. I know that's something so small. But listen, Lord, is, God is saying, bring it to me. Break it. Build it. And I'll tell you what. I played with fire when I was a kid so much. Y'all, my, my mother just went, oh, God. She says, thank God he became a fireman and not an arsonist. Well, I tell you what. I was so good at building fires. When I was a kid, I used to play and say, I wish we would just get stranded on a back road somewhere. I wish I could be part of a plane crash that we survived, but we're in the mountains, and now we got to make it, because I want to see if I could do it. 
Don't pray that God's gonna put you in some kind of scenario somewhere spiritually where the Lord just put me in the hell of all hells just to see if I can make it. No! But the breaking, and that right there, I'm telling you, that right there is gonna go, and I've gotta have some small underneath there, and I'm gonna get down there and I'm gonna blow on it. And we're in that the small, bring him everything. Don't just come to God and say, I got this one problem that everybody, this is the big elephant in the room, everybody knows about it. We're going to light that revival fire. Maybe we can get it going. Maybe we can. Not likely. Not likely. You're going to have a black spot right there. You're going to have a burn spot right there. And this is never, ever, ever going to light. What did I tell us earlier? It's the coming together. You have no idea what you're missing on a Sunday night prayer meeting when someone is praying, someone is seeking God, and you don't really feel it. You're over here like, man, I just, I'm not feeling it. I just don't know. And I just light the revival fire, God. Just, I need that revival fire. Oh, Lord. No. You, this is how fire grows. And so as that begins to grow, and this is going... This is how you stack firewood. For those of you, there's, there's some grown men in this house today, and they're like, this is how it's done. I thought it was all done with lighter fluid. You can throw all the gas you want on the fire. If you don't, listen, you can go to all, oh, this is a message right here. Thank you, Lord, for just putting it in my spirit. You can go to the Power Pack sermon. You can go to the conference. You can jump up and down for three days and spend the $400 and buy the T-shirt and get the book. You're like, I'm on fire for God. I'm on fire for God. No, you're not. You're not on fire for God. You just did this right here for three days. This is how the fires of revival are going to work. You need to get in close with a place called Covenant Church. I will put a plug in right now, and we're going to get this firewood close together. And then as we stack it, one side of a log will feed off of another side of a log. And I'm going to tell you what. Fire, like I told you, it's in its nature to go out. Why am I spending so much time on this? I'll tell you why. Because it matters how close this stuff is. I'm telling you, if you don't know, you need to get it to where there's just a small, small air gap between here. Now, if I like that on the bottom, there's something called pyrolysis that happens. There's something called radiant heat. And there's something that happens where a breaking, something small, and somebody took the time to break. Somebody took the time to get some fire of revival going in them. And you're like, I don't really feel it. I don't really feel it. I'm not, I'm not strong. I'm not, a go, I'm, not, I'm not a good Christian man. I have a life of sin that's secret. I'll have a, I'm a woman and I've got something going on with somebody else and I've been texting, I've been doing something. No, I am not that. This is me. I am a professional sinner. I've covered it up. I've hidden it. I'm not living for God. This is me. And I want that, but I don't even know how to do that. I don't even know how to get to that point. Well, maybe you need to surround yourself and get to somewhere where somebody else was and there was a breaking, the small things, and they are working and they are praying and you just need to just get to where the fire is. Just show up. 
Just show up and get there and show up and get there and attach yourself and, and get close. Get close. And the one that is hot, the one that is flaming, the one that is on fire, as you get close to it, it cannot even help. I have been on scenes in the fire service where you've got a house that is absolutely, we call it fully involved, and it's just flames going out every window and door. It is burning big time. You pull up and you can feel the heat through the glass of the truck. It's so hot. And you, you're like, man, give me my mask, give me everything, flip my shield down because I'm going right up in that mess and we're going to put it out. But we don't even attack that first. What we're going after is the house that's next door that's sitting there just smoking and smoking. And the paint on the side of the house is starting to bubble out and bubble out and make noises and crack. And then the glass inside the, the house next door will crack and break. And curtains inside the house next door will go poof. Seen it happen. Seen an entire full alarm of, of a crew of guys working on a house that was set on fire by another house. I've seen it happen in a church situation. I've seen it happen at an altar where there was somebody who was just there and they're like, I don't know what I need. I don't know about God. I don't know about the Spirit of God. I don't know about the Holy Ghost. I don't know about the fire of God and the fire of revival. But I'm here and I'm hurting and I need something more for my life. And so you just show up and you just come to an altar and you raise your hands and you're like, whoo. And God begins to move from one to the other. And it is a fire of revival. So show up. Attach yourself. Be a part of something greater than what you've been doing your whole life. Many of us here, and some today, you've been getting the same results for 20 years, for 25 years, for longer. And you've got those results. But yet, here's what we do. Even after getting those same results, going to church... Being in church, being a Christian, and we still, Monday morning, we're going to do this right here. Oh, Lord. Let it happen miraculously, maybe this time, Lord. Get in there. Everybody say, get in there. All right, all right. If you want the flames of revival, start putting out and stop Putting it out. I was on the front porch and Brianne was organizing her plants. I said, oh, I got a good one right here. Stop. Or I said, start putting out. You know, really put the work in. Start putting out. Put out. And stop putting it out. If you want the fires of revival, you know, you can have this going and have it going and then just disassemble it, break it apart, kick the wood away from each other, it's not going to ignite. It's not going to ignite. Feed the fire, tend the fire. Luke 3, 16. If y'all can turn to that, I will read it off of here because I don't want to turn there. My hands are dirty and I don't want to get my Bible dirty. Luke 3, 16. John answered them all. I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I will come. The straps of whose sandals I am not even worthy to untie because that's how mighty and powerful my Jesus is. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. If you want the fire, you don't get the fire without the Spirit. One doesn't come without the other. Jeremiah said it like this. He said, it's like fire shut up in my bones. God spoke to Moses with fire in the burning bush. God answered by fire with Elijah. 
We have to have the fire. We have to have the real thing. Maybe your walk looks like a pile of ashes today. And that's what you see. You see a pile of ashes. It's not too late. God wants to give you a miracle today. I close with this. And if you're getting baptized today, which we're doing, we're baptizing people every single Sunday around this place. Praise God. If you're getting baptized, go ahead and uh, make your way around here to the side. They've got some changing rooms in the back. So if you're getting baptized today, you'd start making your way there. I want to just touch on this in John 11, the story of Lazarus. Lazarus was dead, but before he was dead, he was sick. And Martha and Mary went to Jesus and they, they said, Jesus, heads up, Lazarus is sick. So many of us, we feel like we have a relationship. And Martha and Mary felt like they had a relationship with Jesus where they said, Hey, I'm going to tell you my problem and I want you to go. Jesus. You love Lazarus. You love me. Martha and Mary. Jesus, he's sick. Let's go. Come on. He's two miles away. The Bible says he was two miles away. Come on. Let's go. Come on. Jesus, get up. Jesus, do what I say. Come on. And Jesus said, no, no, no. No, uh-uh. But he, he didn't go. But he did tell him this. It will not end in death. He said, it's not going to end in death. So don't think that because Jesus doesn't move in your situation immediately that it's going to, well, he didn't move in the first five minutes. I prayed that five minute prayer and I went to the altar and I went to a Bible study and I did this. I did all of the stuff I'm supposed to do and he didn't answer my prayer so what am I going to do? I quit. I quit. No. Knock. He, he answers the one that will knock and seek. I've been at places before where I really want to get in that place. And here's the thing that will make me to knock harder and louder. Don't ever let me show up to your house where I really need to speak to you and just happen to walk past. I see a little faint little across the curtain and I look over there at the side window and I see a and I know you're in there. What am I going to do? I know you're in there. Everybody be still. Just be quiet. Maybe they'll go away. God is here. He's available. He is saying, if you will knock, I will answer. But some of us want to give up on the knocking. And God don't answer your prayer exactly when you want Him. He doesn't answer it how you want Him to answer it. His timing is not our timing. We've heard that our whole lives. And we believe it for other people. But when we pray to God and we say, God, I need the revival fire. And you don't get the revival fire in the first 24 hours. You quit. Because you don't believe it for yourself. You don't believe that God will answer in His timing. You don't believe in God's will. You believe it for other people. I'll pray with you. I'll be with you. But God's saying it's for you today. Seek after me. Knock. Knock on the door. Knock a little louder. Knock a little louder. Seek after me. Seek after me. So Jesus stayed two more days. And so then Lazarus is not just dead. He's like for real full on dead. Where it's a four day death. And I love how this is a three-day deal that stretches into four again. I love this, how it just plays out. You see, the Sadducees, who were sad, you see, and the Pharisees, who were not fair, you see, the Sadducees and, and Bible scholars will tell you that some of those in those days, they believed that the spirit of a man didn't really leave until the third day. And so Jesus says, I don't want to give them any kind of ammunition to fire at me. I don't want to give them a reason to think that, oh, it was this. No, it was God. 
It was the Spirit of God working through Jesus Christ Himself. God in flesh dwelling amongst us. And Jesus waited till that fourth day. And He walks in there and He says, Lazarus, come forth. And the reason He calls His name, and I've heard this my whole life and I believe it, that if He had just said, dead person, come forth. Those that are dead, dead man, rise up. Every man that would have been dead in the graves would have just come busting out of the graves because His powerful Word and His spoken Word that spoke the world and the universe into existence is so powerful that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. So just like my wife mentioned today, she seems to be a theme of don't believe what you see. Don't look at what you see and think, it's not for me. It's not for me because I see a pile of ashes. I see a pile of ashes. I don't see a flaming fire. I don't see me reigniting and having a revival fire in my marriage, in my soul, in my walk. Stand with me if you will. Move your arms around. Do that. Y'all did a stretch. Don't. You're not going to offend me. Anybody want to do this right here? Just go ahead. It's all right. Woo. Woo. I love God. I love Him because He saved me. I love Him because He raised me. I'll say it. I was tore up from the floor up and God saved my life. I get excited right now, especially more because I feel like God's going to do it for somebody else. I'm excited because He's about to do it for somebody else. So, they saw a dead man. Jesus said, I just see somebody who's asleep. Where is your faith? Oh, ye of little faith, what are you looking at? I just see a man who's asleep. I'm fixing to speak to him and raise him up. If you see a pile of ashes and you say, I don't believe that there's anything left. There is no hope for me to be on fire for God. Now listen, I was back when I was 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 20, whatever. And I, I, there was a time in my life when I lived for God and I was on fire for Him and I really was on fire. It could have been six months ago and boom, that quick, that quick, everything got disassembled and rearranged and the fire went out. Because it's in our nature for fire to go out physically. That nature is for that fire to burn out. I, f I forgot the point I was going to make earlier about that book I read. He says, and this was for safety of firefighters. He says, every fire goes out on its own no matter what you do. You can work. You can submit men's lives to danger. You can kill a crew of four or five or six men. You can kill them. And guess what? If you'd have never done anything, that fire would have went out on its own. So the main point of that was safety. But I'm telling you today, if this is you, if you've kicked it, or somebody else has kicked it, something's happened and disassembled, you're not close. You're not close to the Father. You're not close to your church body. You are not part of something that's on fire. You're not on fire. Get close to something that's on fire. So then the ashes, and, and I, I, my last point, I, I, so many times we've had a hot roar. I, I love doing this on a cold night. My father-in-law, I know he loves to do it. Anybody else in here love to keep a fire going all night long? Raise your hand. I love doing that on a cold, cold night. And I'll stack the firewood and I'll get up at two in the morning and I'll put fire, I'll put that wood in there and I'll stoke it and I'll be like, man, this just feels really homey. I like it. This is fun. And I'll keep that, I guess that goes back to when I was playing with fire when I was seven, eight years old. So at three in the morning, keep it going. You wake up in the morning and you put your hand over it, you've fallen asleep and you stayed asleep and you put your hand over it, you're like, man, that fire is out. It's like, man, I, just, I don't even feel, I don't even feel any warmth. 
but you pull back and you just start you start breaking again so I'm telling you if this is you today and you're like man it's out my fire is out you start breaking bring in the small things and you get down there and the winds of change now need to be instead of the winds of change and the winds of destruction it needs to be the wind of the Holy Ghost and the wind of the Spirit of God. And you get in there and you start getting in there and you get down with it. So I'm going to tell you what, some of y'all need to get down. It seems like every sermon I preach, somehow or another I end up on my knees. And here I am again. Lord, thank you. Some of y'all need to get down with it. It didn't start. I quit. No, 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 no. What am I going to do? That's when I work even harder. Because I don't want to be in that warm state. I don't want to be in that warm state. I want to be on that fire state. I want to be on fire for God. It is time to reignite your fire. Everybody say it with me. Reignite your fire. Say, Lord, reignite me. The God of comebacks. Every one of these words has an R-E in front of it. It's not all pronounced R-E, but redemption, reconciliation, restoration, reaction, recovery, response, reignition, revival. Revival. Everybody just raise your hands and just start saying it. Revive me, God. Revive me, God. The past few weeks, Lord, I've been, I've been cleaning house. I've been cleaning house, God. I've been repenting. If you don't know what to do right now and you need the fire of revival in your life, I'll tell you what you need to start doing right now before you even make your way to an altar. You need to start saying this, Lord, forgive me. Lord, I repent. Clean my house. Clean this house, Lord, on the inside. Lord, clean the inside of this house. Every room, every hidden space, every place where I have saved it for the devil. And you say, Lord, forgive me of every sin. Lord, forgive me. Lord, I turn away from sin. I turn away, Lord. I turn away. Forgive me, Lord. I need forgiveness. You begin to say those things. Church, if you're with me, let's begin to do that as a church. Lord, forgive me. We need it. I need it. I'm saying it too. I'm praying it. Lord, forgive me of every sin. Lord, of everything, Lord. Everything known and unknown. Lord, if I've ever offended someone, if I've ever done anything at all, Lord, I don't even know about it. Lord, forgive me. And we begin to repent. And we repent. And we say, Lord, I'm sorry. That right there was like this. And he's like, yeah, that's awesome. I'm about to light you up, baby. I'm about to light you up. I needed you to repent, though. I needed you to just start. So right now, as, I, as we open up these altars, if this is you today, you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus. There's some things that need to happen. You need to repent. You need to be baptized in the name of Jesus. And you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a mighty powerful thing. But you remember back earlier when I said there was a fourth thing that man added that needs to happen for that fire. Instead of the fire triangle, now it's the fire tetrahedron. And they said, we have to add that there's a part of fire that happens where it's the fourth addition. It is that fourth thing. It's that chemical chain reaction. So if you want the fire revival, add, have the fourth man in the fire with you. 
You say, Jesus, I have repented. I have been baptized in the name of Jesus. And I have received the gift of the Holy Spirit. But right now, I need to be reignited. I need the fire revival burning in my heart. And so you say, I need that chemical chain reaction. I need to be reaction. I need to be reacting with others. And so tonight, I'm open an invitation again tonight. I do it every Sunday. Be here tonight. Be a part of something bigger. Be a part of something more. Push yourself to do more. Show up. Pray. Be a part of something that's igniting others and igniting others. I will tell you what. There's no reason why a Sunday night prayer meeting can't be bigger than a Wednesday night. Bigger than a Sunday morning. Why? Because people are seeing the move of God and they see some mighty things happening. Things get burned up. Things get taken care of when you're hot, when you're close to the fire. I'm closing. I don't want to keep talking. I don't want to belabor the point. That's all I've got for you today. God gave it to me. I gave it to you. And what I need for you to do right now is respond. He's a God of response, but He needs you to respond so He can respond. And when you respond, He responds. And He will reignite. And we will have revival. I want you to sing, Lexi. You provide the fire. Come on, church, let's respond. Everybody, why don't we all just get out of our pews? Because now what we can do is we can get close to each other. We can feed off of each other. Everybody, let's come on. Everybody, come up. Everybody, come up. Come on. Don't leave me hanging. Don't leave me hanging. Come on, everybody. Everybody, get out of your pew. Get out of your pew. Be a part of something more. Let's seek God together. If you provide the fire. Come on. Let's seek God together. Let's get close I'll together. Get close to your neighbor. Get close to somebody who's on fire. Get close to them. Watch you God ignite you. Come on. That's it. This is how it works. Close. God, reignite us. You provide the fire. Reignite us, God. We need you, you Jesus. The fire. Oh, yes, we Jesus. will respond, Lord. I'll provide the sacrifice. Yeah, come on, sing it. Say the word. You provide the spirit. Pray for your family. Fathers, pray over your wives. Fathers, pray over your family. Pray over your children. Pray. Pray. Seek God. Seek God. It's, it's time. I need more. I need more. I need more. Fill me up, God. Fill me up, God. Oh, we're here for you, Jesus. Jesus. 
like you mean it. Thank you for providing the Spirit. And I will open up inside. Sing that again, Dave. It's so key. You provide the fire. This line right here, this now is key. I will open up inside. Gotta open up. Gotta open up. You provide the fire. Now I'll provide the sacrifice. You provide the spirit. Somebody is about to go down into a watery grave, but they're fixing to be raised up to newness of life. Can we give God some praise right now? Jace, upon the profession of your faith and the media of the Word of God, I now baptize you in Jesus Christ for mission of his sin. Yes, let's give him praise. Yeah.